my wife and I, we wish to thank you for your continued prayers for our daughter, Stephanie. She is still in the hospital, and she's going to be visited by a surgeon tomorrow with the news of either she will need surgery or not. The antibiotics have been doing what they're supposed to do. She's not in any more pain, and so we're thankful for that. But uh, this is a somewhat of a reincurrence of what happened to her two years ago. And uh, so we're asking, and we thank you for your prayers and asking you for your continued prayers, please. One day, someone just like you or like me took the time to pause in his everyday life and began to reflect back on his life. And as he did that, he wrote these things. Let me read them for you. He says, first, I was dying to finish high school and start college. Then I was dying to finish college and start my career. Then I was dying to get married and have children. Then I was dying for my children to grow up and get out. <laughs> then I was dying to retire. And now I'm just dying. And suddenly I realize I forgot to live. I wonder if that could be the road that you might be traveling this morning. Wonder if anything makes sense. We, we have storms. We have situations of life that literally can zap the very energy, both physically and spiritually, from our being. We're caught in a realm of where, all of a sudden, life doesn't make much sense, and we find ourselves in a valley of dry bones. Bones that no longer can dance. Bones that have been affected so much so that as Pastor Steve read the passage, you recognize the fact that these bones aren't just bones, they're dried up bones. They've been that way for a while. Life hasn't been good for them. And so this morning I want to begin a journey with you. And how is it that we can make these dead bones dance, these dry bones dance? We're brought to a scene that Hollywood itself could not even begin to express. Only God can do that. And it's in this historical context of Ezekiel chapter 37 where God allows us the privilege not just to sympathize with the nation of Israel, but to recognize that that may very well be me. They had lost everything. Despair and despondency, and yes, even distrust. 
has caused their bones to dry up. The historical setting of this particular book, Ezekiel, is the fact that they are in captivity. They are in the nation of Babylon. They have been twisted and turned so much so that they even wonder if they'll ever be able to go back home. Ezekiel is there in Babylon with them. And now God is taking him to a vision, a place that's described for us in chapter 37, verse 1, of a valley of dry bones. What's interesting about the word valley there is that it's, this is the third time it's used in the context of the book of Ezekiel. Back in chapter 3 and in chapter 8, Ezekiel is invited by God to go to the valley. He's to show up to be by himself. It's a place of solitude. It's a place of where Ezekiel in those two passages saw the glory of God. This is different. It may very well be the same valley that he visited two times before, this being the third. But this time it's different. The text tells us in verse 1, if you read that again, it says, And the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord. It's a spiritual situation that has a physical picture. We've all been to the Valley of Dry Bones sometime in our lives. God hasn't worked out for us the way that we thought he should, and so we find ourselves in a spiritual condition. Ezekiel was taken by the Spirit of God And he was placed in this valley again according to verse 1. And what he saw was not very pleasing. Sometimes the Lord needs to take us to a spiritual valley. And you know what I'm talking about. It's a place where what we see is not very pleasant to the eye. It's it's really different. It's really drastic change from the beauty that we've been able to behold just this past week of the full artist work of our great God across the landscape. It's amazing how certain trees turn orange. Certain trees are red. I'm still waiting for when the Lord makes one blue. And they may come someday. This valley is empty of beauty. It's full of dry bones. It's a disaster area. In fact, it's almost like a modern day when a political individual will get in a helicopter and is flown over the disaster area. And they get to see firsthand of the devastation 
that is upon their community. Ezekiel is taken to this valley and it says that God took him through it. He gives us an interesting definition of what the extent of this valley for he says that it was down in the midst of the valley and it was full of bones. He's not talking about scattered piles. He's not talking about little heaps of bones here and there, sort of like after a feeding frenzy at the church picnic after we've consumed all the chicken that we he's not talking about that he's talking about a valley that you can't walk on unless you step on some dry bones notice what it says in verse 2 when it says and then he caused me to pass by all and behold there were very many in the open valley And indeed, they were very dry. He speaks of the amount, very many. And he speaks of the condition, very dry. These are bones that have been laid out in the sun for such a long time that no longer is there any moisture in them at all. They're at that point of almost turning to power, to powder. They're very dry. If you're like me, you know a little bit about anatomy, just a little bit. I know that when my hips hurt, it's going to rain. It's going to rain. I'm sore. I'm stiff. I'm looking forward to the day of when these tungsten steel hips stay here and I get brand new. Can I get an amen from the congregation? But right now I know a little bit about anatomy from some of the discomfort that I feel. But these bones have stopped feeling. The other thing I know about bones is when you see bones, it indicates at one time there was life. Bones and their composition make up what is called a living thing. Amoeba don't have bones, but human beings do. So this valley is a reminder that once was is no longer is. What once was alive is now is dead and dry. It's a sad situation, but God has a purpose. Because we're told in the next verse that God asks Ezekiel a question and the question is can these bones live there's times in our lives when God brings us to a situation where he asks us questions 
And there's times when we like to use our human understanding in order to manipulate a human need and desire. In other words, it may not be the answer God's looking for, but we've come up with some kind of an answer. Ezekiel had no answer, for he said, Lord, only you know. When an individual says, only God knows, that individual is saying, I have no answer. I've searched all of the options and there doesn't seem to be one. I've come to the end of my reasoning and ultimately what I see is hopelessness. And so Ezekiel honestly and integrally says, God, only you know the end of this. I got no other place to go. I wonder even if this morning if God would take us to the valley of our life, what would we see? If he would take us to the valley of our homes, our marriages, our church, our community, even to our nation. And he was ask us the question, can these bones live again? What would we say? Maybe we've been beat up. And thrown under the bus so many times that we really don't care anymore. I, I hope I don't find you in that position this morning. Because in the despair, God has a solution. You see, God doesn't want to leave you in the valley of dry bones. He doesn't want you. To be that brittle and that dry that you're just waiting for life to get over. He doesn't want you to get to that point of the individual who wrote that opening statement. He doesn't want you to get to that point of life where you say, now I'm just dying because I forgot how to live. But I'm afraid too often... There may be too many that sit in pews who on the outside they look pretty good, but on the inside they're dying because they forgot how to live. But God's got a plan. For what Ezekiel knew he could not do, God was about to do something great. In other words, it's going to be a miracle. And maybe some of you even this morning would say, it's going to take a miracle from God to change the situation I'm in. But I'm here to tell you this morning that God is able. He can take that which seems to be dead and dried and make you stand again. He can take life that you feel has left you alone With no hope, with no desire to even maybe take one more step tomorrow. 
And he can change that, that you can run. You may be thinking that God can't do that to me. That's what these bones thought. Until God intervened. And notice what he says to Ezekiel. In verse 4. And again God said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. Have you stopped to consider the situation that maybe, just maybe, the valley of dry bones that you might find yourself in today is a place where God wants to show up to prove to you just how great he is. For it's in those valleys, it's in those dry bone situations that when God shows up as your only hope of getting out, then you realize just how great and awesome he is. You see, we have the tendency that when life is going good, we put God on a shelf and say to him, I'll get back to you later. And then when a storm hits, that's when we rush to the shelf and look for the Savior. Sometimes the dryness of our bones is our own creation of forgetting how great our God is. We lose vibrancy of our faith. We lose a vision of who God is. We lose direction of what he wants us to do. And we are baked in the sun of despair. But God has a plan. He's going to turn the situation around. And so Ezekiel begins to prophesy over these dead, dry bones. And he says what God tells him to say, and as he's saying it, the text tells us all of a sudden he hears something. He begins to hear bones start getting together. I don't know fully what that sound may, might be. When I bend down, which I can't do too often, and I try to get up, my knees crack. You Can I get an amen from some of you that got that same situation? It may sound like that, but all I know is what the text says is that bones began to connect with each other. Skeletal remains began to form 
in such a way that as Ezekiel sees it, he begins to see all of these skeletons come to life. I don't know if Ezekiel even questioned the fact of what all these bones mean. But in verse 11, God tells him, these bones are the nation of Israel. They have been in captivity that long that life has left them. But I'm going to put them back together. But what is missing after Ezekiel prophesies the first time is that he sees all of these things remade, but they're not moving. They haven't moved yet. God promised something else. Breath. What's interesting in the Hebrew language Breath and wind and spirit are all connected by one Hebrew word. And the context of that word dictates of which one it's speaking of. Four times God says breath in verse 9. He said to me, prophesy to the breath Thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. And so I prophesied as commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Very many bones very dry bones became a mighty army all because of the breath of God. I don't know if you've realized it or not, but from a theological position, there was a time when we were all dead. We were dry bones. The scriptures don't highlight it much like I did. They're pretty straightforward when it says, for we have all and are dead in our trespasses and sin. There was a time in our lives when God was not present. The time in our lives when we were just as despair as these dry bones. But when Jesus showed up, literally the breath of God entered our spirit and we became alive. Oh, we may have been walking around, we may have been breathing, but we were dead. But when Jesus came in, Now we're alive. And when Ezekiel prophesied to the wind, 
when he said, breathe on them from the four corners of the world. Come and ignite them with life. And for the first time in a long time, these bones lived and developed into a mighty army. It doesn't say they went to battle. It doesn't say that God was preparing them for war. But what he did promise is he's going to take them home. Take them back to the land that they so long to be at. In the final moments of this morning, I want to share with you three things from this particular passage that I trust will be an encouragement to you. The first thing is this. In verses 12 and 13, when God shows up and breathes on us, it's about a promise about resurrection and restoration. I'm going to lift you from your grave. (laughs) I'm going to take you out of that which was killing you and holding you hostage. And I'm going to bring you back to the place of blessing. Have you ever wondered if God could do that? I don't know what storm you're in right now. All I know is that you may be coming out of a storm. You may be in the middle of a storm, but I guarantee you, you may be even going into a storm. And it's a place of despair. But God said to Ezekiel, I'm going to take them out of their graves and raise them up so that they will know that I am the Lord, their God. The promise is a place of resurrection and restoration. The second promise is this. It's a promise of life. And in God's spirit, in verse 14, and I will put my spirit within you and you shall live. One thing that pains me spiritually is that too often I see the complacency of the saints. Too often I'm more aware of words like can't do it, won't do it, don't want to do it. Too often we settle back on the haunches and say, well, one day God will provide. But in the valley of dry bones, there's no provision except that which God can give. And he says, I will put my spirit in you. 
I'll give you life. When was the last time you just went outside on your back porch? Don't do it in your front porch. People will think you're crazy. But just go to the back of your house and raise your hands to heaven and just declare how great God is. The next promise is, in it, you will know who God is and experience his faithfulness. I'll take you home. I'll give you life. And I'll use you for my glory, all for the purpose that you may know how great he is. That's what he wants. Yes, the valley of dry bones is not a pleasant place to be. But in it is where you'll find God can do that which you don't even understand he'll be able to do yet. It's like the individual named Billy. Billy lives in Texas. And what he does is he goes around his community and he peruses through the junkyards and the back alleys and he looks for things that people have discarded as being useless. He chooses those things that are the most rusty and the things that are look to be most useless and he takes them to his garage and he begins to create artwork as he puts these things back together. Some of his pieces have sold for thousands of dollars. And some of his pieces even now sit in art galleries in Dallas, Texas. Underneath each one of the creations is just a simple phrase, now it lives. God wants to take us when life and when the world seems to dry us out, God wants to take that which seems to be useless. And underneath is the phrase, now it lives. But the question is, how do we get there? How is it that we can let our dry bones dance again. Well, that's the course that we are about to embark on. And I trust that as we go through these steps week after week, that we will rise as a mighty army with the inscription underneath that says, it's alive. And then maybe, just maybe, we'll dance again. Let's pray. Our great Father, we thank you. In many ways, we could see this passage in Ezekiel that doesn't seem to apply to us. We're not the nation of Israel. and We understand that. 
But these words are here for your people. Your people that just doesn't occupy a certain location of land, but your people that occupies the sense of being called sons and daughters of God. It's for all of us. And we may find ourselves in a valley of dry bones, but yet, God, this passage tells us that we can dance again. We can come to that place of whereby we realize that you and you alone are God. And what seemed to be so debilitating now becomes a delight. Because in it, we see you. So in the weeks that are coming, oh God, may we be anxious. Anxious to hear, anxious to learn, anxious to do what you would have for us in order that we can dance again. May our spiritual life be taken off the shelf of complacency, refashioned by your word and your breath to breathe in it again so that we can, like Billy, we can live again. So to you be the glory, Lord, you guide and direct. And we thank you in your name. Amen.